Hey, stop sending me those people of Walmart memes. That's not funny, but for the grace of God, I'm not on there if you catch me on a bad morning. Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, your practical priestess of wisdom, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So join me on the flip as we talk about when it's time to make changes. Yep, I'll see you then. Oh, the people of Walmart. Um, I'm just going to say it. A lot of those pictures, looking at it from a therapeutic standpoint, it is an array of people who have been frozen in a time. And I would even venture to say that for some of them, they're frozen because that is the time of either their peak or their trauma. But let's get into how we can know when it's time to change and start doing that. Okay. So you know what we do around here. We talk for about a half hour. We we learn some wisdom smacks. We explore some stuff. We try to look at it from a different angle. And then we have some steps or what to do when we get through with our little talk. So let's get into it. One of the things I kind of want to say going you know, going into this is because this is such a broad spectrum. I'm going to kind of narrow it down to um, things for you as usual. But the way I'm going to get into it is I'm going to kind of talk at it from a societal impact and then narrow it down. Okay. So with that being said, I want to say that if you are in a a point in your life and uh, it's not the usual suspect that, yes, yeah, time to make a change, meaning that you're not uncomfortable, that um, everybody around you wants you to do something different and you feel fine. Well, boo-boo, it probably is time and it probably is uh, change trying to call you. And one of the things that I have been observing and noticing uh, in myself and in society is this lull of comfortability that we get when we have been in a place too long. So there are a few things that I want to uh, mention, and that is tradition and friction. Yeah, I said it, tradition and friction. So I'm going to talk about uh, the tradition first. And Yesterday, um, when I uh, talked about uh, when it was time, you know, not when it was time, uh, but, you know, yesterday in in the podcast, I was talking a little bit about uh, repetition and when to repeat something. And it occurred to me that if people go too far, uh, then they're going to get stuck in a non-productive loop. And guess what that non-productive loop is? That non-productive loop uh, moves people from doing something out of ritual or, you know, ritual habit where there has some kind of meaning to it to where it moves it into tradition. And I'm not going to poop on on anybody's tradition because there are different types. And I'm not talking about the cultural type of tradition where it is an identity of a people. I am talking about the tradition where you do things simply 
because this is the way we do it and it gives us comfort simply because this is the way we've always done it, okay? And so when tradition replaces the reverential ritual of something, meaning that the meaning and the effect of what you're doing has gone, has left the building, yeah, it's time to replace that puppy. It really is. Uh, In other podcasts, I've even talked about needing to stay with the flow, move with the cloud, uh, know when to update your beliefs, your morals, your your view of things. Um, People have even talked about how folks drudge up the past and try to use the ruler of today to punish people for things that happened in a different time. And we can easily do that today because of our technology and the fact that the internet remembers everything. But anyway, so tradition. Yeah, I am seeing that, that uh, people are holding fast. And like I said, not because it represents a pride within a culture or people or whatever, but simply because that's how it's always been done. And it's sacrilegious to do it any, any way different, even if. It helps uh, carbon (laughs) emissions, even if it helps people heal emotionally and systematically and socially. I mean, I said emotionally and socially. Yeah. Um, Even if it's just better, even if we have better or updated or more effective and efficient technology, that's, yeah, get out of that. And then here's the other one, friction. If you sense a lack of friction, meaning that things are just so easy. You can do it in your sleep. You can dial it in. That's probably an indicator that you have worn out your welcome in that particular phase of your life. And it's time to get get on, okay? You know, and the reason why I say that is because the stress signs of wear and tear or strain on something uh, where it gets, you know, down to where, like I said, you can just do it with, with, with no, uh, pushback with no mandatory growth. It's time to change. One of the ways I can put this is say, for instance, you're working with a trainer and when you start working with this trainer, everything hurts and you quickly can see the, uh, the rewards of your effort. But you keep working with this trainer and the trainer keeps having you do the same thing and you never progress. You know, okay, I have gone as far as I can go with this particular trainer. It's, you guessed it, it's time to make a change. That's the same thing here. That's all we're talking about. And so when we look at tradition for the sake of tradition, where it has, it's, it's not doing anything but just keeping people in a safe spot. And when you're looking at something that's frictionless, it does not cause you to have to struggle up to do more, to grow, to move forward. That's another sign that it is time to change. And then this one, and this is the one that I was talking about in the A part where you think about a lot of the people of Walmart and a lot of those pictures, I saw people frozen in time where they were stuck in sometimes a decade, Um, like looking at someone who is clearly about 40 years past something that you knew they probably did that was appropriate at that time or war that was appropriate at that time, 
but that is out of sync with today. Now, this is not about people's fashion per se. This is not about being the fashion police or any of that. It is simply talking about the energy of what we do because change really is all we have. And if you don't continue to change, guess what? Yep, you start to die and die rapidly when you don't need to. Okay? So you also need to be unstuck. And this state of being unstuck, it means that if, for instance, and like I said, I don't want to pick on folk. I really don't because I, glass houses here. I'm just going to say it. But if you find that when you go shopping, it's getting harder and harder to find your style of clothing and you're trying to wonder why don't they make that? Why is it hard so hard to find it? you probably need to let that one go because the times have moved moved you by. And if you have found that your style of clothing has come around not once, not twice, but maybe a few times, yeah, you probably need to let that go too. <laughs> and I'm laughing to keep from crying for, for, you know, in some instances. And the reason why I say that is because being in a state of stuckness in a season or a period where everything remains the same, a lot of times will denote trauma. It, it will denote a, a, a place where something happened to keep you stuck in that place, in that time, in that era. You know, have you have you seen where people have a hairstyle that they just continue to wear? And you're like, why are they wearing that? They're having to use spray on uh, color, Beijing or whatever you want to call it to maintain that hairstyle. It's time to give it up. You know, that kind of thing. Um, This is, you know, this is probably the quote unquote peak of their life. The good old times uh, where they were the stuff or it could be a time where they don't realize it, but this is when it happened. Whatever that something is that ceased your emotional and social growth. So, you know, be be careful of that and watch out for that. All right. There's another thing. Ask somebody that you trust, you know, am I, am I being stagnant? And, and if you really mean it, oh, trust it. No, they're going to let you know. Ask me how I know. <laughs> and the reason why they're going to let you know is because there's going to be a stillness to your energy in that area. You know, if you're stuck in the past or you're stuck in a loop doing the same thing over and over again, where there's nothing new and you're doing the same old, same old, when you interact with other people, they'll be able to quickly identify it. Especially if you're doing that in your interpersonal um, area of life. That's your relationships. Uh, whether they be romantic, familial, or friendly, co-worker, or whatever, you know? And it can be, it can run the gamut. So this stale energy can be anything uh, from being very strident in how you do things and everything must be this way or it messes with my peace (laughs) all the way over to uh, don't try to control me. You know, I have to be free. Don't try to pin me in. Don't try to make me commit. And 
And that gets old too, if that's the only way you are. And, And so we have to start understanding for ourselves that it is imperative that we embrace the crazy, scary, un, um, unknowing. Yeah, I think that's what I want to say. The uh, crazy, scary, unknowing of what change brings. And hey, if 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 your energy stinks, <laughs> let's just say it. If your energy has um, the appeal factor of four day rotten fish, come on now, it really is time. To, to step your game up, you know? And so you're like, okay, Michelle, you have railed on us and all this kind of stuff. Come, come on with the wisdom smacks. Don't waste my time. You know, I see you um, energetically, you know, tapping at your wrist, like, you know, do what you're supposed to, do what you came for. So let's do what we came for here. And that is some practical things that you can do. Wisdom smacks of uh, how to... No, well, you you should know by now when it's time to make that change, but things you can actively do to start helping yourself out with that. And the first thing is, is to in, uh, change your internal story. Yeah. Do you know how you do that? Yeah, I could tell you, you could journal and all that kind of stuff and that's fine. But the first thing you could do, and this is, tell, you want to you wanna get real and, and do it fast. The first thing you do is locate, root out that internal narrative that you tell yourself. You know that story you tell yourself. That story of either I'm going to be this or I could have been that. Uh, Sometimes it revolves around regrets. Sometimes it revolves around um, pie in the sky fantasies that you only tell yourself because you feel good living that way in that fantasy and not ever doing it in real life. You know, Write it out. Get it outside of your head and write it out. Because there is something about looking at the narratives and the stories that we tell ourselves. When you write them out, you start seeing a whole bunch of untruths, half-truths, and downright delusions. And because you can do that, then you can start to change, edit, update, or even freaking delete and start over planning the internal story that works for you. And I think I've told you guys about uh, The Alchemist by uh, Paulo Coelho. The Alchemist, to me, is a wonderful book for helping people to move on. And I like it. And the reason it's it's kind of funny. Because if, you re- if you've already read The Alchemist, you know that it is a cyclical book. It is a hero's journey book. And so, uh, you know, there are different types of books. Uh, let me, if y'all will permit me, I, I'm going to tell you a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I had a, a, a book coaching session uh, today, and so I'm in that kind of mood. So let me just tell you real quick, there are three types of book structures that we work with. You can have a linear book structure, you can have a circular book structure, and you can have a like a Rus- Russian doll nesting structure. And most people are familiar with the linear and the circular. Uh, The linear is where you have a start and then there is a character growth arc at the end. Uh, The circular, same thing, except for the character normally 
ends in the same place that they started, but they come back different. They come back changed and better able to appreciate or handle their time. And that one is called, most of the time, it's called the hero's journey, whereas the linear one can be something that's kind of like um, romance and uh, popular thrillers are like that as well, where X marks the spot. You're trying to move to get somewhere. And when you get to that place, then you have achieved. And then nesting, you know, that's where you have a picture kind of story where you have a story within a story and the story just keeps building and that a lot of times you'll find that like with that with with um Frankenstein or with the Gone Girl books uh, and uh, a lot of the books where you have, oh, I didn't see that coming kind of uh, storytelling. And the reason why I bring those up is because when you want to change your internal story and control your narrative, it could be as simple as identifying what story structure you've been in. And I will say this, that a lot of times people have found themselves in loops and not even in any kind of story. You've just been running around in a loop, not changing, not growing, just doing the same thing. And even if that same thing is just telling yourself the story, because that can happen too, um, you know, you get a chance to see it. We have, I'm pretty sure you know somebody who is a quote unquote legend in their own mind. Uh, there was a whole movie that's a classic that was even remade. Of course, I love the classic, uh, the classic Danny Kay, and it is uh, the incredible life of Walter Mitty, and uh, it 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 shows what I'm talking about in in a way that is comical and uh, entertaining with regards to these internal stories and narratives that we tell ourselves. Um, to the point where this man's fanciful inner monologue spills out into his real world and he gets caught up in having to do some of the stuff that he only dreams of doing. And so it's a cute take, but in our lives, we have to get to the point where we are willing to come come clean with ourselves. Um, I, I one of my 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 favorite things to remind myself of often is to know that I you know my one of my one of my primary rules is what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to lie to myself and yet and still when I take too long to do this very exercise that I'm talking to you about some lies slip in <laughs> some things get fuzzy and I'll even tell you, doing these daily podcasts, I'm having to hoocha. I am having to really look at a lot of stuff and and getting convicted on, on all the stuff I'm not doing that I know better. Well, how do you think I'm able to talk to you guys about a lot of this stuff? Because wisdom is smacking me upside my head every day, you know, reminding me you can do better. So do it and share it with people and be vulnerable and put yourself out there. All right. So this is not about, you know, my pain necessarily, but this is about our movement out of these traps of stagnation in a frictionless world where all we're doing is running around chasing our tails. OK, so changing your internal story, taking con- and the next one is taking control of your narrative. And what do I mean by that? I mean that if you find that you have external forces keeping you from moving along. And what I mean is, say for instance, you have a job and the job offers security, but the job grew stale a long time ago. And all you want to do is uh, bleed 
profusely through your eyeballs every time you set foot in your job, but you smile, you grin, you bear it because they pay well and you can do it in your sleep. Yeah. Somebody else is controlling your narrative and that somebody, a lot of times are your creditors, uh, the societal expectations, and even your family. Am I telling you to quit quit your job without a plan and just live free and set yourself up for more trauma? Nope, sure am not. Would not do that. But what I am going to say is even in that situation, you can begin to control your own narrative. And there are a myriad of ways, but what I will do is give you one that helps immediately. And that is to have a future vision of what a finished outcome looks like if you're in that situation. And a finished outcome could be anything from changing to a different department to getting a new uh, or, or finally going after a new promotion to actually starting your own business or moving to the company of your dreams. It can it can be as simple as something like that. But when you control your own narrative, when you control your own narrative, change has a way of saying, okay, let's ride this wave. And change will take you along for an adventurous ride. And things will start to move so quickly. And it's simply because you decided to get a future cash cast vision of what a finished successful outcome to this particular narrative and story in your life looks like. You know, if you want, if you, if you wander aimlessly, that's all you will get. In the, in the book that I've talked about before, Outwitting the Devil, Napoleon Hill's book, he talks about how the quote unquote devil looks for people who are aimless and shiftless because he can take those souls easily. Because if you don't have a destination, that's all you're going to do. You're just going to wander around. You're going to get stuck in a loop. And being stuck in a loop is, quote, unquote, the devil's uh, my, uh, a playground. He can pluck you off and have you doing all manners of things because you are silently dying inside and screaming for any kind of uh, spark that keeps you going. You know, and so people find that it's a lot of times people... And I don't, I don't want to go off on a tangent because I, I need to finish this up and make sure I talk about these things before we go. But I do want to pause here to say that if you don't watch it, things that you believe that you would never do, you'll find yourself doing. You see, a lot of people believe that uh, addictions and um, things that uh, corrode your sense of personal morality happen because of great pain, when a lot of times it is not great, great pain as much as it is great stagnation. And that because people are not able to understand that boredom can feel like great pain, and that the body and the mind are doing anything it can, they can to make you feel something, that your needs change and you go and you start creating a hunger and a thirst for that which can only lead you down a path that is not cool. And it is because a lot of times there's a shiftless aimlessness there because you have gotten stuck in the rut. You have gotten stuck on the hamster wheel and you have not snatched back the power of your own internal story to create your own narrative by just simply having a future vision of what that particular storyline looks like when the proverbial the end appears above it. Go on and do that part. I dare you. And watch and see. 
if your life doesn't start naturally taking on a new vibrancy to it that leads you in a good path where you start to move towards that future casted vision. All right. So then this is a big one. This is a really big one, you guys. And this is one that used to get me. And I'm, I'm, I'm claiming that by victory, y'all. I'm claiming it by victory that it won't get me no more. Not anymore. And that is do not accept delusions. And what I mean by that is don't accept things that appear to look like change, but all they are are just very pretty or gussied up, as my grandparents would have said, uh, replications of the same thing that you have. You know, part of their appeal is because they contain enough of the familiarity to keep you in this safe lane. So watch out for that. The next one is don't forget or even disrespect consequences. Understand that if you do some of this stuff, every action has a reaction. There is a consequence for everything that we do. So make sure that you don't disrespect that or forget it. Meaning when you take this uh, it, this wisdom spec and you start working on it, be ready for the consequences. Be ready to be uncomfortable because that's one thing about change. Change will make you uncomfortable because change will throw you into a new area of your life where you don't have any point of reference. You don't know what to do. You are having to hang on by your fingernails and a prayer because the world is spinning. You want to get off and everything feels excruciatingly painful because you have no point of reference because everything is new. And that's another reason why people tend to shy away from change because of that great unknown, because of them not being able to be um, able to easily navigate that kind of stuff. I'm going to be the first to say it. Change is very scary because change does not like to give you any clues about what's coming up until it smacks you right in the face. And then this last one, I've talked about this before, but I will say it now because it, it still is appropriate. And that is you need to understand that change in a lot of ways for a lot of people is about the weed killing and pruning season. So y'all know I like to talk about husbandry and gardening and stuff. And let me just tell you, I'm not a gardener. So don't don't think that I can talk, you know, on the real real. I just I just know this this stuff as it relates to its corollary with our phases of life. And I talk about how, you know, there are different different people to do different things in our great societal garden. You know, so you have some people that naturally are good designers of the garden. Then you're going to have those uh, people who implement those designs, you know. So I I guess you could call the designers kind of like architects. And then you have these contractors and builders. And then you have people who maintenance Yeah, landscapers, uh, um, cleaners and things like that who maintenance the garden. And these are going, this is going to be the area where the weed killers live. And then you're going to have the people who harvest the output and the the product of the garden. Okay, so the weed killing and pruning season has to happen. I remember when um, I was growing up, I, I think I told you guys that we had a lot of fruit trees around where we lived. And I remember my grandparents sometimes going out there and having to cut down or cut back certain parts of certain trees uh, to 
to prune them down so that they would get back to being ready to uh, go through the new cycle so that they could stay productive. And it would just hurt my heart. It really would when they would cut back stuff and prune down because to me, everything looked naked and everything looked vulnerable. And I'm going to tell you, in your life, it's no different. When it is time for the weed killing and pulling and the pruning and the cutting to start happening, it's not going to look good. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going through it. And boy, I absolutely hate it. But yet it's needful because I know after this, it's going to be better. Real quick, real quick. I'm going to tell you a quick little story. And that is, um, this weed uh, killing or pruning season has to happen. When I uh, used to uh, work as a cosmetologist to put myself to school and, you know, make ends meet and stuff. uh, Yeah, you guys know that I've been a cosmetologist like forever. Um, One of the things that was part of the maintenance and part of um, keeping everything good was to get your ends trimmed. And I'm going to tell you, there are, at the time, a lot of women who hated to trim anything. I mean, their hair, the the ends would look like just pleasant memories. It would just, oh my God, it, it looked like ghost town. And they was like, oh, that's length. I was like, no, baby, that's strings. And <laughs> so... Uh, you know, I, they would cry. Sometimes they bring support, but they would finally uh, allow me to do a proper trim and it would their hair would look a thousand times better. And guess what would start to happen? Yeah, you guessed it. They would start to see all the growth their hair had already been doing, but because it was breaking as fast as it was growing, they weren't able to see the growth. So sometimes I'm going to tell you, that weed killing and pruning season is needful because you can't see the effects of change if you don't do this necessary part of life. So guess what? It's time for me to recap it because we got to close this down, y'all. It's almost time. So when it's time to make changes, what I want you to do is I want you to look and see if there are any areas that have fallen into, to, into the tradition of why you do something instead of the ritual. Also, look for areas where there's no friction. There is uh, the, the signs of stress, of growth are gone, have been gone. And then also work on those areas where you might feel stuck. Uh, if you catch yourself clinging to uh, hairstyle sayings, uh, ways of being that have you stuck in a time warp, yeah, you might want to work that out. And you can do that by changing your internal story and starting to control your own narrative by future casting what a finished outcome looks like. Don't accept any delusions and make sure you pay attention to the consequences of when you start to make the change. Okay, yes, my time is up. I thank you for yours. You guys love you and I'm going to see you tomorrow. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, 
uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.